Good morning, everyone. You know, the Lord bless you guys. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, first of all, apologize uh, for my tardiness here this morning. I just own it. Uh, mornings don't quite go always the way you expect them. Um, but I was singing, uh, God is so good. God is so good, even though I'm late this morning. And uh, he is good. You know, uh, before we uh, start the uh, worship service this morning, I, I just wanted to uh, address this wonderful New Covenant Fellowship body. You know, in, in light of everything that's going on around us and everything and uh, in this world, you know, there's all kinds of animosity. There's all kinds of division and strife and so forth. And, and uh, I was in the process of preparing some remarks, and I just felt led of the Lord just to speak from the heart, you know, and just to be, and just to be genuine. You know, there are a lot of you probably wondering, you know, what to do. We don't know what to do, and we're looking for leadership, and and I just believe it is the responsibility of, of a pastor to give some leadership, to, to give some leadership in these, in these struggling times. And, and you know, the one thing that we ought to always to do is to, is to look to the cross. Amen? The cross, which unites us. And, and, and I don't take it as a light thing here. In the midst of our societal ills and everything, you're looking at a black man here today, a black man of God, who pastors a, a, a predominantly white church <laughs> here in Stillwater, right? And, 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 and they did it, you know, the elders, all the, all the elders except for me are white men. I have to say, my seniors. I'm at least 20 years younger than all of them. Uh, my predecessor, C.J. Ellis, was a black pastor as well of this church. And we weren't made pastors of this church because we were black. And color wasn't the thing that did that. We were made pastors of this church because the men of God of this church believed it to be the will of God. The men of God of this church, our elders, saw a bond that we share in the blood of Christ. And so I want to encourage you today, men and women, children of God, let's not lose sight of that. That the family of God is diverse. The family of God is made up of every ethnicity, every race, every color, every nation. Amen? And that is the thing that binds us. And we're all related to each other by blood. Not the blood of man, but the blood of Christ. Amen? And so, while there may be influencers out there in the world, while there may be websites and individuals who are, who, who are good at being angry, who are good at being frustrated, who are good at pointing the finger of blame, who are good at inciting 
attitudes and unrest and so forth. Let that not be our testimony. Are you hearing me? You are my brothers and sisters in the Lord. I love you guys. And that will never change. And I know you love me as well. I appreciate the fact, you know, that elderly white men of God could look at me and see Christ in me, the hope of glory, and say, you know what? I believe God's called this man to lead this flock. And I'm sitting up here sweating, <laughs> just talking from the heart. I appreciate you guys. And we just have to make sure that we are doers of the word of God. Let's be champions of God's word. Let's be true disciples of Christ Jesus. And though the world may be pulling apart at the seams, we can be those who are the light of the world to show what's going on here at New Covenant Fellowship is a light. What's going on here at New Covenant Fellowship is a reflection of how things ought to be. It is a reflection of the kingdom of God. So the light of, the, so, so the light of God is in this place. And I just believe it is our, it is incumbent upon us to let that light shine among men that they may see our good works, how we love each other, how we regard one another, how we have compassion, how, how we bear the burdens of one another, how, how we hear one another. Amen? How we think and regard one another. Let that be the light that reflects the Savior whose name we are called after. And so I would ask you all to stand if you would. And we're going to have to social distance. I know me and Mrs. Cannon talked about that. I'm going to ask some, uh, if, if Adam and uh, Johnny would, uh, would help me, I would like for you guys to put that cross right out here in the center. If, uh, hey, Adam, would you, would you guys help me in? I want to put this, this cross out here front and center. something that uh, I feel I just felt led to do it so I'm going to do it it'll, it'll land how it lands but I'm going to ask us all to come up and I want us to rally around the cross of Christ and so I want you to come up and try to do your best to maintain six feet of distance we're not going to hold hands uh, I'm not going to be totally irresponsible about this but I just I felt like God wanted us to do this as a you know as a symbol of who we are in Christ uh, we're, we're, we're Americans yes we are we're identified by our nationality we're identified in ways by our ethnicities we're identified by our economic backgrounds and, and different things of that nature there's a lot of things that we can identify ourselves with but you know what 
they're all subservient to our identity in Christ. The predominant identity that we have is in him. And that is the thing that binds us. That is the thing that unites us. That is the thing that will never divide us. Amen? And I want to remain anything that would contradict that is not of Christ. Anything that would encourage us to think contrary to that, to act contrary to that, is not of Christ and should therefore be rejected. We will not take the bait that Satan is offering us. So Father, we stand here together as your children. Different races, different ethnicities, Father God. We've got different countries represented here today. We've got people of different backgrounds, different histories, different experiences. And yet, you've loved us all. You've wooed us all. You've drawn us all to your cross. The cross that you suffered, bled, and died on for the sin of mankind. The cross that you suffered, bled, and died on for our peace with God. The cross through which you've made us one. And Father, because through the cross, he didn't just suffer, bleed, and die on it. He conquered. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the cross. He rose again. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he rose again. And therefore, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And we come here, Father God, recognizing that there is no other name greater than Jesus, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of all. We come here, Father God, and we profess that there is one God, one faith, one baptism, one spirit, one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is who we bow the knee to. That is who we're called after. That is who we represent. That is whose example we will follow. Though the world go contrarily, we will follow the way of the Lord. We will walk with you in this day and time. May you be glorified. May you be lifted up among all men. So we make that declaration to you this morning, Father God. We're not ashamed of the gospel and therefore we will proclaim it. We're not ashamed of the gospel, Father God. Therefore, we will walk in obedience to it. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And Father, I just pray that you will continue to convict us and lead us, Father God, in the way that we should go in this day and time. Father, let our hearts be soft toward one another. Let our hearts be understanding toward one another. Let us truly live out what you said, that, Father God, the world shall see the love that we have for one another. That is by that that they shall know that we are your disciples. So, Father God, let us rise up and let us be revealed as the sons of God the sons and daughters of God as true disciples of Jesus Christ. 
You are worthy. What you've done for us, you deserve that. That will please your heart. That will draw men and women across the globe to you. And so, Father, we lay down our feelings. We lay down our rights. We lay down our judgments. We lay down our condemnations. We lay down our misperceptions and, 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 and our desire to be right. And <laughs> we even lay down, Father God, what may be, what we may feel is in our own personal best interest. And we are even willing to lay down our lives for the advancement of your gospel. That people might know the love of God. That people who are suffering unrest may know the peace of God. That people who are slaves to sin and walking in darkness may come to know Christ and see the light of God's truth. and surrender their hearts to him, declaring him Lord and Savior. Father God, we, let there be a great harvest. Let there be a great revival. Let there be changed hearts, changed lives, and let salvation come to, to, to untold numbers in this day and time. We want that which would please your heart, not ours. So Father, do a work in us. have your way in us and through us. And despite all the nonsense that is going on in this world, we still declare you God. <laughs> you are almighty God and you are still on the throne. And you're faithful, you're true, and you're still good. We say all this, Lord, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to thank you all for indulging me and in, in coming up. And, and I just want to commend you for your commitment to love the Lord, your commitment to walk in his truth. So the Lord says, is this not the time? Is this not what I've groomed you for? Is this not the reason why I called you out of darkness into the marvelous light that my son provided for? Is this not the time for you to shine brightly through the knowledge of my love in you? washing you and cleansing you even in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation I've called you to this moment I've raised you up for this time and this is the hour that you are to stand forth and be that light that beacon that compassion 
that which the world needs so de desperately. So yes, do humble yourself in this moment and allow me to blow up on the inside of you, to magnify my goodness in and through you. For it's my love that you show. And it is the love of God that will cause you to go. Yes, throughout the whole world. Yes, the world needs you. Right where you're at. In your vulnerable state. I will strengthen you on every hand. And give you that which is needed. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. God is here. <laughs> and um, I feel like we've already in our hearts, we've adopted an, a posture of worship. We've surrendered our hearts to him. And, and I, I'm going to ask you to stand. We stand when we worship here. Um, <laughs> I know you guys have done a lot of standing already. And if it's... Uh, a discomfort to you, uh, please feel free uh, to remain seated. Uh, we're not trying to. Uh, we're not. We're not trying to cause any harm to anyone. Um, be at peace and, and rest in that. But let's just continue in our attitude of worship, humbling ourselves before God, and just just worshiping from your hearts this morning. And I, I pray that you minister to in a powerful way.
restored my soul The deeper you call us Oh, the deeper we'll go We will sing a new song Cause death is dead and gone with the winter We will sing a new song And hallelujah, so like a river We're coming back to life Reaching toward the light Moving here in front of me Moving here in front of me 
you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you so alive, I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so alive. I can see your heart in a billion different ways. Every precious one, a child to die to save. If you gave your life to love them, so alive. Like you would again a hundred billion times, but what measure could amount to your desire? You're the one who never leaves the one behind. Yes, amen. A couple of months ago, I went to a Bible study, and we were talking about evangelism. And the guy who's teaching likes to use this technique where he goes up to an unbeliever, and he asks them the question, is it okay to eat babies? And of course, everyone's like, no, of course not. It's not okay to eat babies. And then he asks, why? Why is it not okay? And he basically keeps asking that question until they eventually come to the point where they realize all humans are made with morality ingrained in them. But a lot of them don't know where that comes from, and it comes from God's image. It's because he made us all in his image that we have value. And so I just want to... I just want us all to think about... to think about our value your own personal value, just meditate on that for a couple of seconds. Think about where it came from, why God made you the way that he made you. What aspect of God do you reflect? And now think about those around you too. God made every person around you in his image, and therefore all of us have inherent value. And I think that with everything that's going on right now, we need to look at each other as someone who bears the image of God and extend love to them the way that Christ would. Lay down our lives for them. This cross in front of us is how we should exhibit his love to those around us. Be willing to go even to the point of death. No matter what they say to you, if they try and be your enemy, lay down your life doesn't matter what they look like they're made in his image and we need to view every single person we come in contact with even that person that annoys you at work everybody has value and thank you Jesus for making us all that way thank you for loving us so much so that you came to the cross to die we want to keep open hearts and open minds to what you're telling us this morning. You have something very important that you want us to understand this morning. 
We submit ourselves to you. We surrender. You all may have a seat. This seems to be becoming a regular thing. Never anticipated that at all. <laughs> all right, so I just want to welcome everyone to New Covenant Fellowship. Um, if it's your first time, hello, I'm Christy. I'm the pastor's wife. Um, <laughs> I don't speak often. <laughs> so... Okay, and so um, if we look in the bulletin, we do have some prayer requests. Um, there is one change. Leanne Barton's room number is now 536. Um, if you want to send her a card, she will be there for a couple more weeks. However, she is on the road to recovery. Also, Nathan Brubaker has his uh, follow-up appointment on the 9th. So if we can lift him up, that the pneumonia will be out of both lungs completely and that the kidneys um, will be functioning at a higher level, that would be great. Also, um, Gordon and um, Debbie Williams, um, if we'll lift them up, um, the brother is having, uh, is uh, what it says, has surgery to help with consequences of leukemia. So um, if we just keep this on the refrigerator, remember to lift these families up during this time. Um, also, we do have our um, Generation Truth Okay, Generation Truth is coming up, so if we'll lift up our alpha leaders, we do have six wonderful leaders who are leading our youth. Lift them up that they are being um, able to clearly hear what the Lord has planned for GT, and it is going to be impactful on our young children, uh, on our young members' lives. So that's what we want to happen. Also, um, it's not in the bulletin. Um, one of our missionaries, Joe Ash, has um, been diagnosed with malaria. He, he is in Kenya, and so we just need to lift him up for a swift recovery and um, that Holy Spirit's fire will flow through his body and just purge that out so, so he can recover and uh, continue his work for the Lord. Um, we do, um, Bethany, who, you know, she's ours. Um, she did graduate with her undergrad, so we did want to say congratulations for that. And um, so she is going to stay home to make her mom happy, and she's going to get her master. So I have another year to have all my babies at home. So as you see where my heart is, it is with the Lord also, but I do love my little gifts from the Lord. And um, if you look on the back, you'll see what's meeting. If it says on, it's here meeting in person, and if it says Zoom, then just log in and uh, let them know. Yes, it's in here. The men are meeting tonight, but they are meeting at the Hans home, and that address is in the bulletin. And um, I'm going to touch on one thing. Um, as Emily was saying during worship, um, we all have value. And I want you to think about something that's really important to you, a graduation, a marriage. You do a lot of what? You do a lot of planning because it's really, really important to you. So God tells us in his love letter to us, also known as the Bible, that he has a plan for us. That means that you are important. It doesn't matter what society says to you. It doesn't matter what the devil puts in your head. You are important. Because God has a plan for you. And you have the potential to fulfill that plan. And you're the only one who can stop yourself from fulfilling that plan. 
So if you're unsure, you're thinking, well, you know, maybe he missed it with me. I'm going to tell you that he missed it is alive from the pit of hell. He didn't miss it. You may be on the wrong path right now, but you know what? All you have to do is say, Lord, can you redirect me? And again, this is 2020. Our vision is getting cleared up. We're getting on the right specs. And the Lord will guide you back to his path, and he will put you in the path of people that will help you complete the plan he has for you. All right? Okay, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Cannon. Thank you, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, Chuck is not here uh, to speak, so I will just stand briefly in his place. I just want to encourage... Uh, there is a group of men that have come to be a part of uh, the men's ministry and, and have uh, contributed and benefited from it greatly. And uh, I know those guys are going to be there. Um, but Chuck's heart is to expand the net, expand the tent. He wants he wants all the brothers, as many brothers as we can get in the Lord, to come into that to come into that ministry and, and, and bring what God has given you to offer. Um, you have something of value that we need and um, some supply for the body that we can all benefit from. And likewise, we have that for you. So no man is an island unto himself. Uh, I know as men, we like to be the lone wolves and we like to think that we can handle everything on our own. But you know what? Uh, that vision of strength is a, is a deception. Uh, we are not enough in and of our own, right? We cannot do anything outside of Christ and we need one another to lift each other up. You may be strong where I'm weak. I may be strong where you're weak. We can help each other bear each other's burdens. So I just want to encourage you to have the courage to come out and be a part of that brotherhood, be a part of that fellowship. And and and, and I just trust that as you do so, uh, if you honor the Lord in that way, you answer this call that uh, you'll see a tremendous transformation in your life. You're going to, you know, you're going to grow in the Lord and you're going to take one step closer toward that purpose that God has for you. Amen. All right. So without uh, uh, further ado, um, I want to give uh, Pastor Dale, uh, a man that I know, <laughs> I know and love and, and all of you know, this man is a treasure in the kingdom of God and 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 one of the desires and treasure and desires of his heart is he wants to see people know God. He wants to see people walking with God, Amen. And so uh, he wants you to know him and walk with him, right? And so I don't know exactly what God has for him today, but I know that that is his heart, and I know God's going to minister to us uh, in a powerful way. Pastor Dale, I you come up and I yield the microphone to you, sir. Thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Good to see you this morning. Um, heard a lot of good things already today. I thought maybe I don't even need to talk. You know, I, I just, what? I'm sorry, I can't hear. Oh, with the children. Yeah. Four and up. Uh, they've got. Uh, wonderful things in the back for you. <laughs> Go ahead. You can get up. 
that go out ahead. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to turn with me to Psalms this morning, Psalms 32, 32nd Psalm. I'd like to read there. Start there. Got a few other scriptures to read, but uh, something God really put on my heart. So uh, I thought I think it'll be a benefit to not not just to one or two of us, but I think for everybody because it, uh, the Lord knows how to adjust it and s- em- emphasize certain truths to us that will help us to move ahead with Him and what He wants to do with our lives. But um, um, how many know that chorus? I've decided to follow Jesus. Anybody ever know that? Yeah. How about if we sing that? Boy, this is going to be good now, isn't it? <laughs> I'll start it off. I think I can get it on the right story. Just let's just say, you know, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. If none go with me, still I will follow. If none go with me, still I will follow. If none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Good. I've decided to follow Jesus. That's kind of the uh, theme this morning. Uh, not so much figuring out what we want to do, but uh, following him. Uh, God, as we see, we'll see some of these scriptures, God has a, uh, he has a definite plan that he purposed before you were even born. Uh, he had a plan for you. You see, God lives in eternity and he knows everything that's going to happen, that, has, that uh, will happen in the years to come. He, he's, he, already, he knows everything. And uh, he's got a plan for each one of our lives, as the scripture says. And the mo- most important thing is to follow the Lord and see that accomplished. Yeah. Now, that may interfere with some of our plans. <laughs> but the important thing is to hear from God and be able to understand it in a practical way and begin to follow, do what he wants us to do. Here in Psalms 32, I want to read there for just a few verses. Verse 8 It says this, it's a promise from God. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Don't be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. It says here that uh, uh, I'm going to instruct you in the way that you should go. That means we need to listen, right? We need to be open. 
for God to show us what he wants us to do. Maybe not all at one time. He may show a little at a time. But he's got a plan for each one of our lives. And I will instruct you and teach you. How, believe, how many believe God can do that? Okay. How many, how many would... Well, I won't ask you that. That's too personal. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how many want it? <laughs> you really want it? Do you really want it? it may, you may have to change things, though. You, know, you may have to give up some money. Oh, now, wait a minute. Now I'm getting personal, right? You may have to do things that you hadn't thought you were called to do or even had in your mind to do. But I, when, when we say we've decided to follow Jesus, we want to do that which God had planned for our lives. That's the way Jesus was. Can you imagine a, a man, the, the Son of God, the Messiah that was to come, and the first 30 years he didn't do anything? He was 30 years old when he was baptized by John. John the Baptist baptized it. The Spirit came on him. And God spoke from heaven saying this, This is my beloved Son. In him I'm well pleased. But he hadn't done anything. <laughs> the, it, so it's not just getting busy. But it's doing what God wants to do. Sometimes that means be quiet. <laughs> so he can speak to you. But by the time when he got to be 30, he had three years, three, three and a half year ministry. And he, he changed a lot of things. <laughs> he emphasized things and, and we still read about them in the scriptures and how, the, how it all began with the Lord Jesus and what he taught the first disciples and, and how the church began and all that. But it all came out of, of a man who said, he said this, I only do what my father shows me to do. And he, we waited 30 years before the father changed his status. And he was baptized by John, and he had a, about a three, three-and-a-half-year ministry. So it's so important. And it says here, I will instruct you. This is a promise from God now to you and me. So if you say, well, God, you know, I don't know what to do. God says here, I will instruct you in the way you should go. Yeah, but Dale, I've, I've prayed for two weeks and nothing's happened. God says, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. God, your times are in God's hands and not in your hands. They're really in his hands. Sometimes we think we're running it, but really we're not. If we're serious about this, we're saying, God, I will let you guide my life and lead me in the way. And, 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 the, and that includes the time element involved in it. This is serious stuff, you know, because your whole life and, and eternity actually uh, the, the the values of eternity is 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 developed and and produced in this short period of time. Uh, Paul said uh, uh, he called this his, he called this life just for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Just for a moment, we're here. Imagine this little bit of time here we have. You know, I'm 86 years old, going on 87. Okay, just a little bit of time we have here, and that's not very long compared to eternity. But, but just that little time is going to determine a lot of things about eternity for me. Yeah. What did I do with it? What did I do with my life? Well, I didn't do anything bad, you know. I went to church every week. Uh, I, I might say that and say, well, that was a, didn't, did, does that count anything? Well, what did you get? What did you do? Well, I don't know, but I did go to church every week. <laughs> See, uh, there's something about being definite with God 
And that's, the, that's the, the, the theme this morning I felt that God put in my heart. It's so important to be definite so God can accomplish what he wants in your life. Unless you get definite, then God doesn't, is not able to get definite and lead you in, in what he's purposed for your life. Uh, let's look at uh, 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 Ephesians 2 for just a moment. Jump over there. Ephesians, that's in the New Testament. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 8. Okay. <laughs> Was that a warning to stop or what? <laughs> what uh, okay, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. We'll get it here. In a moment, but I didn't want to read it. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Notice, it's by grace we're saved. We turn to the Lord. We get our sins forgiven. But it says here, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's already prepared all of your life that he's purposed to accomplish. Uh, uh, I, when I first became a Christian, I thought... Uh, God, if somebody got saved, then God began to wring his hands and say, what am I going to do with these people? Well, that's not the case. God has a purpose for your life. And this is serious stuff because it's going to count for eternity. And, uh, and it says here he's, it, that you are God's workmanship. You, you've got the unusual characteristics in your life and things that he's going to teach you. You're God's workmanship. He's going to work in your life to... Uh, bring about good works what he that he prepared in advance for us to do. Praise God. And uh, so that's a real challenge there. Now, somebody might think, well, this is only for pastors and missionaries. You know, they're the ones that are really doing something. The rest of us just sit around and give money sometimes to keep things going. <laughs> we come to church regularly, but but the... That's kind of where it stops. If, if that's your attitude, it's good to be honest if that's your attitude because God wants to change it. Because he has a, just as much as this whole body of mine has different functions on it, so every one of us has a function in the body of Christ to do the will of God. And it's important for us to do our part. It may be small in the eyes of men. Uh, as that uh, little chorus goes, little as much if God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. If you go in and you're following the Lord in his name, you can win a crown, even though it's a little thing in the eyes of people because you've done what God wanted you to do. Hallelujah. Wow, wow. We get that chance, and it's only once in all eternity that we're going to have the chance. It's not going to be, okay, if I change in a couple of thousand years when I'm in heaven, I'll, maybe I'll have a change of heart. <laughs> no, it's, it's finished when you leave here. 
I mean, there's things that God is going to lead us into we don't know about. But the development of that which God has purposed for our life begins here right now. And it's so important for every one of us to consider that in our own lives. Um, sometimes we look at ourselves, and, and uh, I don't know about you, but I have, uh, look at ourselves many times and we draw wrong conclusions. Oh, God can't use me. You know, I know all of my weaknesses. <laughs> well, do you think he doesn't? <laughs> He knows all about you. He knows your makeup. In fact, he made you like you are in the sense of your, 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 your ways of doing things. It's different from others. You think many times the way you would handle something or what God would want you to do. He specifically gets, starts getting you ready to do that thing that will count for eternity. Hallelujah. Uh, so God, if, if, uh, if we seem we just have a little, well, it's much in the God inside of God because he can use you in ways you not expect. You say, well, he is using me some. Maybe there's more things. Making yourself available to see what God will do with your life. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus said when he was here on the earth, uh, he said, he told the first uh, the apostles and, his, and the disciples, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. That was his command. Go into all the world. Well, of course, that's going on even now. Uh, we uh, help uh, people who've gone to mission fields out in Mexico, Kenya, uh, Europe, other places down through the years, we've had people we've helped in situations. Uh, sometimes it's drop out and we we do something else, but there's always something of a drive to 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 uh, help people that want to go into the ministry that God's called them to do. If we, if we can help them, let's help them. Praise God. Stand with them. Uh, why? Because what they're going to do is part of what's going to count for eternity. And if we've helped them some, we're... Uh, that's good. We're in good shape. Praise God. Um, uh, another thing uh, that uh, I think is so important is, is uh, if we hear all of these things, what can we do? You know, we hear, uh, God's got a plan for my life. And uh, okay, I accept that fact that he does. The only way we'll find it out is make, making ourselves available to God. You're willing to spend some time, say, in the mornings. You have a prayer life. You, you begin a prayer life, maybe an hour. And you just quiet yourself with your Bible and begin to pray and wait on God. And say, Lord, you teach me your ways and guide me and, and show me what you want to do with my life. Give me assurance of what it is. See? Because it's counting for eternity. We're not talking about little things here. We're talking about big things. And, and us fitting in... The body of Christ where God has made us, if we're a little thumb, well, we want to make sure we work good, see? Yeah. Or if we're a foot and everybody needs to be stabilized by, by, uh, by that foot of yours, you being the foot, well, God wants to prepare and do that thing in your life, in, in your ministry, in the, in the body of Christ. That's a challenge. Make your, but to make yourself available, yeah, uh, 
That's one of the hardest things. I think the devil fights that the hardest in people's lives is to set up a definite time where they meet with God. I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, even if you think you've got it all together, you know, and, but you haven't got you haven't got a specific time to meet with the Lord. Uh, maybe you do. Maybe you're a night owl. Maybe you're not a good morning person. Well, then do it at night. I mean, God doesn't say you can only seek me in the mornings. <laughs> now, lots of people, it's morning. For me, it's better in the morning. But that's that doesn't mean it has to be that way with everyone. But the important thing is have a time. You say, is it important? I mean, I got I'm busy person. This is the most thing, this is most, this is the most one of the most important things you can do is spend time with the Lord. It doesn't mean if you miss one, uh, everything collapses. <laughs> no, sometimes things come up. Uh, tr- you know, some thing you have to go to or developed uh, uh, emergency and so forth, and you can't. Uh, you miss a day or something like that. But but set it as a, as a uh, important thing in your life, and you go back to it again and again, and keep waiting on the Lord. I remember in California years ago, right after my wife and I were married, um, we were going to church uh, every week and uh, reading our Bible some. I remember I read my Bible some. One one day the Lord spoke to me real clearly. He says, I want you to make yourself available. And I thought, I was. <laughs> Here's the, here, here God speaks to me and says, uh, make yourself available. And I thought I was available. But what he meant was be more definite. And because of my schedule, I had to get up to to be, uh, some of you have heard this, but it, I got up, I would get up, I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because it took me a while to get ready and uh, eat breakfast with my wife and, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, get ready to go to work. And it was an hour drives to the work that I was doing at that time. And uh, so I'd get up at 5 o'clock. Five o'clock in the morning, and I said, "Well, I'm going to do it now." So I got up and uh, the first day, and I knelt down and I went to sleep. <laughs> Not very spiritual, right? <laughs> but you know, I got up the next morning, and said, "Okay, I'm going to walk and hold my Bible and pray." So I walked back and forth in the living room. Why? Because God said, "Make yourself available." That's the only thing I do to do. What else could I do? Why? Because I, I thought the most important thing is find out what God wants you to do. How does he want to use your life? What, what steps do you need to take to enter in? Maybe it's not all of a sudden, but it's a step in the right direction. And one of the main basic steps I feel for every believer, because we all have a calling in the body of Christ, is to make ourselves available in prayer, in, in reading the word and just uh, doing it on a, uh, uh, on a regular basis. Daily is the best way, I think. So I want to encourage you that way, because God's got God's got a plan, and He wants to, uh, and He wants to accomplish it in your life and mine. Uh, uh, be definite. I already mentioned that, uh, and then consider things that come up. Maybe you can be involved. You hear about a trip to Mexico or. Or, or Kenya, or uh, I'm just using him because that happens around here some. Uh, or, or something comes up, you have an opportunity, you should consider. Maybe, maybe you should make a trip. You ever been out of the country? Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, a number of people years ago, uh, 
when I was pastoring a church, uh, they would go to uh, uh, Puerto Penasco, Mexico, with Stan and Becky Tedrow, and they'd it'd take two days to drive down there. We didn't fly. They drove all the way, and they'd, they'd stop around a little south of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and, and spend the night in a motel, and they'd drive the rest of the way. And they went down there, and uh, they'd stay for a week and then come home. And they did things to help them out. It, it, was, it was one way of being involved, being definite with their life. Uh, you never know what things might come up that God wants to accomplish uh, unless we get involved. Um, like I said, I, I remember uh, the Lord having me get up early. And, you know, after I, we started doing that, the next thing was that uh, it wasn't too long after that the, the Lord spoke to myself and Teresa. She confirmed it. <laughs> uh, that's my wife was my wife, and, uh, and she said, get in the ministry, and I said, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I was teaching two Bible studies a week in California, and uh, but I'm just giving you my experience. It doesn't have to be done, done just like I did it, but I'm saying, you want to find out what God's got for your life, the purpose of God. Well, I wind, out, I wind, wind up going... Uh, uh, we left California, and we drove. He said, get in the ministry. I drove to only place I knew some ministry going on, which was Waco, Texas at the time. Um, and uh, I remember uh, from there, we, we spent three months down in, uh, uh, and down in South Texas, a little church down there, filling in for a guy. He wanted, 30, he wanted to have three months off, so he asked me to come down. We went down there, and, uh, and I remember... Uh, when we were down there one morning, I was I was praying all 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 Sunday all uh, uh, week for a uh, message for Sunday morning, and I couldn't get anything. I mean, I I could open the Bible and read it, but I mean, the thing that I wanted felt like God wanted me to share. What what does He want me to say? And uh, and uh, uh, all week I was praying about it, nothing there. Sunday came, Sunday morning came. I still didn't have a message, and. Uh, uh, and it was quarter to ten, and the meeting started ten. <laughs> I didn't have a message. <laughs> and all of a sudden, about a quarter to ten, scriptures begin to just flow into my mind, you know. And it, and it, and and by ten o'clock, I had I scribbled them real fast, and uh, and we turned to them, and uh, and it was on the faithfulness of God. Well, I had been taught something by going through the situation about the faithfulness of God. Not only did they get a message, I got a message. That God is faithful even if he waits till the last minute. You know, he can, he can do the job and get something across. And, and I remember at the end of the service, uh, one, of the, one lady came up to me and said, You know, that's one of the best messages you ever preached. <laughs> Why? Well... <laughs> I got it in 15 minutes, <laughs> but I've been praying all week, but the Lord chose to wait till 15 to 10 to give it to me. Uh, so he leads us and you know, we get to know him. We get to know God in reality. We sang a little bit about it this morning, knowing God. It's not knowing head knowledge. It's knowing him in reality. See, anybody can say, you read the Bible, well... Yeah, I believe there's a God, and you know, we get a little head knowledge about him. Oh, yeah, he's eternal. Oh, yeah, uh, he saves people. Oh, yeah, he, we got 
doctrines we have, but do we know him? How really is? See, can you wait till the last minute <laughs> and let God minister to you? He wants to guide your life into your particular ministry that God has called you to accomplish, and He set that in more in in in, in uh, His plans before you were ever born. Do you know the Bible says that God's an eternal God? He never had a beginning. Can you ever, can you ever think of something that never had a beginning? It, the Bible says, uh, from eternity to eternity, God is God. He never had a beginning. Well, you have to stop and consider. That's, a, that's why it works. Because if there was one time there wasn't, there wasn't anything, well, how are you going to get anything, anything out of nothing? God has existed, but the Bible says in the beginning God created, but it doesn't say God exists. He, he came into being then. It says God started doing things. You know, he created the heavens and the earth, you know, and in six days and made mankind and so forth. So, uh, uh, but the important thing is that God has a plan for each one of us and he can lead us in it. Um, I remember going to uh, just show you how he works in supplies. But Teresa and I went, uh, when we left California, we went to Waco and we began to, and I said, well, uh, after we rented our uh, upstairs apartment over uh, Washateria, kind of noisy sometimes, uh, we rented this apartment and we, uh, uh, and she, uh, it's interesting, God would use that. Uh, the people in the church, there's a bunch of young girls. She got the girls together, put me out of the room for one night, <laughs> and prayed with them, and they all got baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> she, she was pretty aggressive. That's good. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out how I was going to live. I said, well, I guess I can get a job here. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I don't want you to get a job. Okay, I, I thought about that night, and I, I asked him four times. <laughs> I talked to him, and I said, Lord, what do you mean? You know, i got to have money. He says, I don't want you to work. And uh, so uh, it's interesting things, some of the things that happened. I remember uh, we'd uh, sometimes we'd be, a uh, uh, car would be parked at the church, and uh, I'd go out there, and there's a $20 bill on the uh, Somebody taped on the... We never asked anybody anything. We never told anybody any needs we had. I learned that from this original pastor. He never told, he never told anybody any needs. He never took up an offering. There was an offering box at the back of the church, and if you wanted to give, you can give there. But he, didn't, he wouldn't even mention the, He wouldn't mention the box was there. <laughs> you think, boy, you guys had some weird things going on, didn't you? <laughs> But, but, but what was so wonderful, that would happen or, uh, uh, you know, like uh, uh, I said, the, the, uh, the, uh, my, uh, I remember when I got back there and, and, and I realized, well, gee, I'm supposed to be thinking about getting the ministry, but you're supposed to have a suit. I didn't even have a suit, you know, you know, a regular suit. <laughs> And uh, back then, they wore that quite a bit in those days. 
um, suits, you know, pastors or leaders would wear suits and ties and everything. I got one on this morning to prove it. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I, uh, I remember uh, I said, well, I need a suit. I didn't have one all the time. as first part of our marriage because we didn't need it. But anyway, uh, 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 I, I said, I need a, I really need a suit. And so what, Teresa and I looked around downtown Waco and we found this suit was, it was a, a lightweight suit, nice. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, so we said, boy, it's $30, I remember. And uh, I said, well, we don't have $30. <laughs> uh, we don't have $30. And, uh, uh, and, uh, two days later, about two days later, I got a letter in the mail from my aunt out in California. And when I opened it, she said, uh, the Lord spoke to me and so told me to send you $30. <laughs> I got the money. We're talking about following God and him doing unusual things, showing himself to me, but also that way I can show, tell people about the reality of God. God is not just a being that we vaguely know and he kind of floats around. He's somewhere up there. and He's right here with us. And he wants to guide each one of our lives and give us special uh, times with him that will confirm the fact that he knows everything about our lives and he can handle it. That gives you a lot of confidence when, you get, when, you, when it dawns on us. Intellectually, we probably already, all of us know that. But I mean reality because we've experienced something. With God, and that's why uh, beginning in our uh, to be a disciple is is spending some time with God every day. I encourage everybody to do that. If it's in the morning or in the evening, I, there's a lady that was the uh, secretary before Ellen was here, or you may have been here, Ellen, but you she was here before that, and uh, she was from back east, and she uh, I was talking about this and she said well I'm a night owl I said well do it at night <laughs> she's talking about spending time with the Lord I said do it at night the Lord's open he's he's awake <laughs> you know he has no problems so uh, uh but I'm an early bird so in the morning it's better for me but the important thing is here again it's the reality of God and when that $30 came that we didn't it just came out of the blue I got I got got my suit now I could re I could really preach now you know because <laughs> I had a suit to put on <laughs> uh, that was that was in those days uh, I, sometimes I look at the guys on TV sometime uh, for a while there they were wearing uh, they get on TV and they had jeans on and a shirt uh, a regular dress shirt with half of it hanging out on one side. It went on that way for a while. I don't know. You know, it, I said, man, this is really gone. I used to wear a suit with a tie and everything. And here this guy's up there with a pair of jeans and half of his uh, shirt tucked in. <laughs> Things come and go, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, but what, uh, in, in sharing these things with him and, and some of the experiences we had, is just to encourage you that uh, what's the most important thing in your life is your relationship with the Lord, your personal relationship, spending time with him, 
Don't be, you're not wasting your time when you do it. Uh, you don't have anything more important than to do it. <laughs> but spend time with the Lord and ask him to guide your life. And he'll begin, maybe he'll open doors you never expected. Or he'll lay things on your heart you, you hadn't thought about. But then you're doing what he wants you to do. And that's the most important thing. It's not, not what you think you ought to be doing. It's what he thinks, what he lays on your heart to do. And that comes through relationship. As you spend time with him, he guides and leads you in the purposes of God for your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more thing, and then I'll close. Okay. Okay. I remember uh, years ago, Teresa and I were in, uh, we pastored, had started church, pastored church in Enid, Oklahoma. And, uh, 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 the idea of coming over here had been presented to me, and I didn't know if I ought to or not, really. Uh, and I was praying about it. And uh, uh, I remember uh, I decided to step out and kind of felt like I ought to do it, but I wasn't sure. And and so uh, I had some stuff packed in my car. Teresa's already, anyway, we were getting ready to just kind of thinking about moving over there and uh i began to uh i was i uh, as i began to move uh, pull away that morning from enid to bring some stuff over we begin to take the step but i i got second thoughts i said am i really doing what god wants i mean this is a big thing i'm leaving a church that's doing real good and i don't know about over here because <laughs> i didn't know what much what was going on you know and uh uh there was a problem over here. I won't get into that. That's water under the bridge. But uh, 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 but as I as I was uh, leaving town, I remember I leaving town. I think I'd borrowed uh, Steve's truck to move some stuff. I was in the truck, and uh, and uh, so as, as I was moving town, all of a sudden the presence of God filled that truck. I mean, he, of course, he was there all the time, but the manifest presence of God was there. And I began to cry, a grown man, trying to drive a truck, and I'm crying. And I, I said, I better pull over the side of the road. <laughs> and, I, and I pulled over, and I just sat there, and the presence of God was in that. And, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you're doing what I want you to do. And I took a deep breath, and I said, that's all I wanted to know. <laughs> I just wanted to know I'm doing God's will. And God will do that. He'll guide us, even when we're unsure at times. Preachers aren't any better than anybody or different from anybody else. They need to find God's will and direction for their life or what, what to preach every Sunday so they'll give something worthwhile. <laughs> uh, different things. But God has a plan for each one of your lives. And I would encourage you, again, to spend time with the Lord. Uh, give him some time if you're not doing it. If you are, just keep after it. But just if you have to get up in the morning or do it in the night, but just quiet yourself, begin to say, Lord, I'm making myself available to you. I want to know clearly uh, direction for my life. Or, or if it's a family, a uh, couple for our lives. Family, our lives, you know. Could be a, a man with his, uh, with his uh, family involved. But uh, I hope that's encouraging to you this morning. It's wonderful 
It's wonderful. And we only get a chance once in all eternity to do this. When we leave this life, it's all over with as far as having to see God. He's, we're going to be in the presence of God as Christians. Uh, he's going to lead us on. I don't know what all this is in eternity naturally, but he's going to lead. But this is a specific time in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of weaknesses uh, that we all face, that we can do the will of God. We can find it and do it and please God and work with other Christians to accomplish the Great Commission, whatever God called us to do. Okay? Let's pray. Everybody's got their eyes closed. I'd like to just say, if you'd like prayer just for God to help you along these lines, just lift your hand. Nobody's looking except me. Okay? All right? Praise God. Okay? God sees those. Okay? Father, we just thank you this morning for your word that's a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. We thank you for the testimonies we could share showing how faithful you are as you lead people. Not because we're something, but because you're faithful. And you've called us, each one, to accomplish something that's going to count for eternity. Uh, that when we leave this life, Lord, we can, go, we, we can expect, as, uh, 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 as the Apostle Paul said, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Lord, we have loved at your appearing. You came and died for us, paid the penalty for our sins so we could be forgiven and have a relationship with you that will last forever. Lord, help us to make the best of it with the time we have left. We just bless each one here, those that lifted their hands, and each life here. Lord, accomplish your plan and purpose. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.